0: It's so good to see you guys. My name is Doug. If I haven't met you, I would love to come say hi out in the lobby after service. But uh, if if you're new around here, I'm going to tell you, because you're going to figure it out anyways, that we are just a bunch of imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. And we believe God loves you exactly the way you walked in here today. And he loves all of us way too much to let any of us leave the same or walk out of here unchanged. And he will do what he does best, which is transform. And I believe with all my heart, that's gonna take place in this room today. And I hope you showed up with your faith. I'm a huge believer that your expectancy posture upon walking into church determines so much about the experience that you have. And if you show up expecting to rendezvous with your maker, that you will in this place. And so I wanna ask you to incline your hearts to heaven and shut out the distractions in your life on purpose right now and bring your faith, because it's gonna be a good day of church. Sound good? Where are my Friday Night Lights fans in the room? Okay, this is a strong contingency and I like that. Uh, Two years ago, we picked Austin, Texas to move to to plant this church. And people ask us, of all the cities in the United States, why did you pick Austin, Texas? And I always say, well, that's easy. This is where they filmed Friday Night Lights. So God's obviously up to something in this city. How many know right now, less than two miles from here is Tim Riggins' house, and Coach Taylor's house. The closest Dairy Queen is the original Alamo freeze. I'm like, Lord, we hear you. Austin, Texas, it is. Very simple people run the church that you find yourself sitting in right now. Okay, you FNL fans, I need your help right now. Finish this phrase for me. Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. So this is the phrase Coach Taylor drops in the locker room every halftime when the team is down to fire them up, to to, to come back and win the game like they do every single episode, which makes for great TV. And today, I'm going to take that phrase and fulfill a little dream I have of being just like Coach Taylor. I'm going to tweak that phrase and use it for the title of this sermon, and we're going to call this message, Thick Skin, Soft Hearts, Can't lose. And so, no sleeping in church today. I need your participation in church today. So, every time for the rest of this message that I say, thick skin, soft hearts. All right, one more time. Thick skin, soft hearts, can't can't lose. All right, let's pray. God, we love you so much. Speak to us right now. We are listening. You are so welcomed here. I know you're everywhere, Holy Spirit. I just get the feeling you like to be invited. So know for the millionth time how welcomed you are in our church. Do what you do best and change us. We love you so much. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks, Val. All right, I'm going to start with a confession. But this is a deal. You have to promise me you're not going to think different of me when I confess this to you, okay? You promise? Can do that? In college, I'm not proud of this. In college, I was the stereotypical campus acoustic guitar guy, okay? So you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, let me explain. On any given sunny afternoon, you would find me at the quad wearing board shorts and flip flops, no T-shirt because I conveniently forgot it in my dorm room, Pulling an acoustic guitar out from behind the nearest tree. Oh, wait, what is this? I'm totally not prepared. Playing Jack Johnson, Jason Mraz, or John Mayer for poor unsuspecting females just trying to walk to class who had no idea that all I knew how to do was play four simple chords. So ladies in this room, this might be the most important thing I say to you all day. This is a trap. To do that is far easier than it looks, Okay. And don't think it's different in the Christian world because I got saved my junior year of college and all that changed is I went from playing John Mayer to Hillsong United because it's just still four chords in the capo. To get to that level is way easier than it looks, okay? And I I did the whole thing. I I got a a genuine leather Bible with my name embossed on the cover and a a moleskin journal that I would write in during sunsets at the quad where I would do spontaneous worship sets, but this time for poor, unsuspecting Christian females who were walking by. So ladies in this room, this is a trap. Do not fall for it. Now, he might be legit. He really might. I'm not saying he's not, but just because he can do that doesn't mean he is. Just because he has a tattoo of a cross does not mean he's a man of the cross. Oh, that's good. And that's not even part of the sermon. That's just for free for you today. You're welcome. So I was insecure then, right? Totally not now. But I was then. And all of it was rooted in an incident that took place when I was 13 years old. Ryan was there, he can vouch for this. I was 13, I was full of insecurities, which are totally gone. And we were sitting in Guitar Center like three weeks into learning how to play the guitar. So I'm a beginner. So we're at Guitar Center for the afternoon, playing all the guitars we couldn't afford, walking around dreaming about all the equipment we were going to buy one day when our band got famous and blew up and we had a private studio on the beach, which never happened and never will. But the Lord works in mysterious ways. And so I'm in Guitar Center. Picture a 13-year-old Pastor Doug in the middle of Guitar Center, and I'm playing the, this is an important detail, the intro to a Blink-182 song, which are beginner status. Why? Because I'm a beginner, okay? It's just like playing Taylor Swift songs. Now, I'm not not dogging on T-Swift. Girl knows how to write a song, and I will shamelessly blast Uh, Shake It Off or Blank Space in my car with an orange mocha frappuccino in my hand and the windows down all day, every day, okay? I'm just saying her songs are easy to play, and so are Blink-182 songs. That's why I was playing one, because I was a beginner, minding my own business, and I kid you not, this 30-year-old guy with his girlfriend, who he was probably trying to impress walks through the store, sees me, stops for a second, gives me the most condescending look I've ever seen, true story, and says this. Blink-182, huh? (laughs) That's cute. And then just keeps walking. And I'm left there, (laughs) and every insecurity in me is just triggered in that moment, right? And I'm old enough now to look back and go, bro, you're 30, dude. Like, sorry, I'm 13 and I just learned how to play the guitar. Like, is your girlfriend really that impressed with you right now? Babe, you totally showed that 85 pound, five foot nothing eighth grader who's better at the guitar, right? I'm so in love with you. Never been more attracted to you. I hope they're married right now. They deserve each other. 18 years of counseling later and I'm healed. I stand in front of you whole, and I have a, a, a point to make here that I will take a broken bone or a bloody nose any day over a soul wound. You know what I'm talking about? I'll take that any day over a wound to the soul, and so here's where I'm going. Here's the question I want to ask. What do we do with the fact that people, including me and including you, hurt each other? and say mean things to each other, and disagree with each other on politics, and post passive-aggressive things directed at just a few people, right? And sometimes even secretly celebrate like the weaknesses or losses of other people. And yet, Jesus tells us our calling as Christians is to unconditionally love people. Now, Matthew chapter 22, this is how Jesus sums up the entire law. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and you know this. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if we can just get honest in church, loving God is really easy because he's invisible and he's always awesome. But people are not invisible, and people are not always awesome, and people say mean things to you, and people disagree with you, and people sometimes don't text you back, and sometimes cut you off in traffic, and sometimes root for the Seahawks, or even like the Patriots, and yet Jesus is saying, no, 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 unconditionally love each other, forgive each other. Look at what Paul says in Colossians chapter three. Um, He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so here's where I'm going. This is the vision, okay, so follow me. That as we move forward as a church, as we individually and corporately get older, And life happens to us. And people say mean things. Or you say mean things. Or culture takes a swing at you or disagrees with you. Or the world hurts us. That our skin would get thicker. And our hearts would get softer. That rather than becoming wounded or offended or jaded victims listen to me, that we get tougher to offend and better at loving people at the same time. With thicker skin and softer hearts, why? Because thick skin, soft hearts can't can't lose. Thick skin and soft hearts can't lose. So here's how I wanna explain this. I want you to look at this graph. Welcome back to eighth grade math. Okay, this right here, this is the the y-axis. You totally need that in the real world. The y-axis, okay? And this is going to represent the health of your heart, not cholesterol. (laughs) Spiritually, I got one dad joke fan back there. I hear you. Thank you. Spiritually emotionally, okay? So Jesus says a soft heart is a healthy heart. He also warns all of us are susceptible, as life happens, of letting our hearts grow harder. And then this axis right here is gonna represent the thickness of your skin. So is your skin thin? Like are you easily offended? Or is your skin thick, are you durable, and are you tough, right? Now the goal is this quadrant right here. Jesus is the perfect example of a man who spent his entire life in this quadrant. This is where you're free. This is where you can unconditionally love a world that that hates you because no comment or DM can touch you, right? David spent the majority of his life up there in that quadrant thick skin and soft hearts he had he had such thick skin right like you could not offend david the only way you offended david is if you belittled or mocked his god and if you belittled or mocked his god he he either cut your head off or conquered your kingdom and i'm not kidding the bible's crazy read it right thickest skin in the world but at the same time had such a soft heart he was known as a man after god's own heart he loved God really well he loved people easily he wrote 73 of the 150 psalms which were ancient poems and and, and songs about emotional highs and lows and joy and tears I mean the guy played a harp <laughs> you want to talk about a soft heart David was your stereotypical campus harp guy that was him. I picture him, you know, with his journaling in his moleskin diary around a fire at night with his sheep. And he, no shirt because he conveniently left that at his dad's house in Bethlehem, right? But you couldn't even make fun of him because he'd rip your face off. You couldn't even say, hey, David, cool heart, bro. Dead. <laughs> because thick skin, soft hearts. Can't lose. I want to try that one more time because thick skin, soft hearts Can't can't lose. Okay, this is the goal as a community and individually that we move towards the quadrant where Jesus is. So here's what I know if I get to the end of my life with thick skin that is tough to offend and at the same time a soft heart, that not only loves people, but still likes and enjoys people, worships easily, loves God. If I get to the end of my life and this is my product, that does not happen on accident. That's what I know. This happens when you on purpose pursue it. Because if you leave your, your spiritual vehicle shifted into neutral, this is what's true about human nature. We tend to drift in any of these other three directions. So let's talk about them, and let's go, let's go down here. Thick skin and a hard heart. So this is for all of us with thick skin, and you're tough to offend, and you're durable, and you're resilient, and the Bible actually praises the concept of having thick skin. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11 says this, Good sense makes one slow to anger, And it is his glory to overlook an offense. So your thick skin is a weapon for the kingdom of God because you're durable and you're not easily slowed down and you don't get offended. But here's the thing, the natural progression as your skin gets thicker is that oftentimes as life happens, your heart gets harder. So you get tougher, but you also get number. You get more resilient, but people in general just kind of start to annoy you more. So if you're a Modern Family fan, Jay, the grandpa, to me is the poster boy for that quadrant. As life has happened to him, I mean, he has his moments, but people just kind of, annoy him and his heart has hardened but his redeeming quality is his thick skin he doesn't get his feelings hurt and he says it like it is and it's refreshing and that's why we love him but as you move in this direction and in this direction the danger with a hardening heart is you begin to lose your people perspective what do I mean by people perspective here's what I mean there's a reason that person said that thing or did that thing And that reason has way more to do with them than it does with you. They're hurting. They've had a horrible year. They're in pain. They've been wounded. And that's why they said it. And that's why they did it. But you can't see that because your heart has been hardened and you've lost your people perspective and your ability to empathize from their vantage point. When your heart hardens and you lose your people perspective, it becomes difficult to genuinely celebrate the wins in somebody else's life. Just me. Because for whatever reason, you feel like a win for them is a loss somehow for you. It becomes easier to not like differences in people. And so you lose your people perspective, and all of a sudden, people with a different background, people with a different backstory, people who look different or dress different or who believe different than you. And I'm not talking about disagreeing with them. I'm talking about how quickly and easily it goes beyond disagreeing to the point where you feel the need to make fun of them or gossip about them because somehow it builds you up by putting them down and before you know it, it's not just enough for you to be right, now somebody else actually has to be wrong. And you might be showing off really thick skin, but you also reveal a very hard heart full of a lot of fear and a lot of insecurity that for whatever reason sees those differences as a threat to you. Maybe you were hurt Maybe you were hurt in a relationship, and so your defense mechanism, survival mode kicks in, and so you develop thicker skin and a harder heart until you're like a turtle in its shell looking out at the world saying, world, guess what? You can't hurt me anymore because I will not open myself up to be hurt by you anymore. And you're right but you pay a very steep cost. That's why living with a soft heart is horrifying and risky. And at the same time, the only way to truly walk in abundant life. And so if you tend to drift towards this quadrant, let me say two things to you. Let me encourage you and then challenge you, okay? Number one, your thick skin is such a weapon for the kingdom of heaven because you're not easily offended. And oh my gosh, is that attractive. And you're not easily slowed down. And you're durable and you're tough. And now more than ever, we need Christians like you. And number two, you would be so much more effective as a Christian if your heart was softer than it is. So that's here. Now let's jump up to thin skin and a soft heart. These two things just seem to go with each other, right? Thin skin and a soft heart. The Bible praises a soft heart. uh, 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 A soft heart is a healthy heart because it loves God well. It loves people easily. It worships easily. Jesus loves soft hearts. Jesus actually got angry at the Pharisees for their hardness of heart. Mark chapter three, verse five. And Jesus looked around at them with anger, grieved. Look at those two words, anger. And he grieved at what? Their hardness of heart. So a a soft heart, a healthy heart, feels joy in situations that warrant joy, cries easily in situations that warrant pain, laughs when things are funny, celebrates the wins in other people's lives, right? A soft heart is a healthy heart with a lot of love to give the world and the world needs love, but your thin skin, which is, your, your skin is supposed to be the armor that gets that love to the world, but it's thin and you're easily slowed down and stopped. And so to complete our modern family theology, Cam, just Cam, he... He's the poster boy for that quadrant right there. Now, let me just just say a thing or two about being offended because they say we are living in the age of offense, but I disagree. I don't think we're living in the age of offense. I read Matthew 24 recently, and Jesus said, offenses you will always have. Offenses will always be with you. There's one thing you can count on, Offenses have always been here, and offenses will always be here. Now, I think we do live in the age of offended, but how many know those are two different things? Offense is an event. Offended is a decision. Offense, offenses are inevitable. Offended is completely optional. And because of the foundation of Jesus that you stand on, it is now completely possible to get on with your life unoffended. That regardless of what comes your way, you can stand on this foundation and you can say, oh, it's going to take more than that to offend me. Guess who's got two thumbs and is unoffended? This guy right here. It's going to take more than that to offend me. Me. Now, the apostle Peter, I'd put him in this quadrant, if you can believe it or not. At least I would put him there on the night Jesus was arrested. Because although, although Peter had a really soft heart, loved people, loved Jesus easily, worshipped easily, he also denied knowing Jesus to a 13-year-old girl at a bonfire. So if you want to talk about thin skin, however, Peter may have started his journey here, But Peter did not finish his journey there. Regardless of where you find yourself on this graph, staying there is completely optional. And Peter, as his life progressed, as he went on to plant the church and preach the least sugar-coated sermons ever preached in history, and then in 68 AD, when Rome was about to kill him and crucify him, he actually requested to be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die in the same way as his Lord and Savior and best friend, Jesus. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who developed some thick skin while keeping a soft and healthy heart that was Peter because he fixed his eyes on the picture of that quadrant which is Jesus Christ and that's where he finished and so I guess this will be the final quadrant the bottom left thin skin and a hard heart where there are no redeeming qualities whatsoever and this is the seat of pride hear me that is in every human being. The best way I can describe it, if you've seen Gladiator, Commodus the Emperor, who you just watch and you hate him the entire movie. Usually in movies, villains have like some redeeming quality. But you watch, you watch Gladiator and you're like, Commodus, I hate you. From start to finish. I mean, his, his heart was so hard that he put, he put himself before an entire empire he was supposed to be leading. And to top it all off, his skin was so thin that he's somehow the wounded victim the entire movie. As he whines and complains, and you're just so happy when he dies at the end of the movie. And if I ruined Gladiator for you, that came out in 2001, man. That's on you. That's not on me but I watch it and I go, I I hate you, Commodus, but why, why? Because maybe I sense and see a small bit of that in my heart, thin skin and a hard heart. This is the old man, this is the flesh. So if this is the flesh and this is the spirit, then sanctification is the slow and steady process of Jesus destroying this and refining this only to leave more and more of this. That's how Romans eight twenty eight is possible. That God works out all things for the good of those who love him. That even when bad things happen and even when people say mean things to you, and even when, when, when you walk through valleys and even when it's a crazy year, that somehow God can work it out for the good of those who love him because depending on how you walk through the valley, Jesus can refine you and destroy more and more of this and leave you more and more mature and complete, lacking nothing. This is freedom. Because what do, what do comments and jabs What does pain touch? It touches your flesh, but it cannot touch your spirit. It destroys this and leaves more and more and more of this. And so this is our goal, individually and corporately to pursue the quadrant where Jesus is. I wanna get to the end of my life and truly have thick skin that is unoffendable and a heart that is still madly in love with people even though I've been wronged by people, even though I've wronged people. And I know that's not gonna happen on accident. It only happens when we, on purpose, pursue that. And so next week, we're gonna talk about growing thicker skin, and then for week three, we'll talk about cultivating a healthier heart to look more and more like Jesus. But I'll give you just two simple things today that you can do to get to that top left quadrant. And in case you're like, well, pastor, where are you on this graph? I am all over this thing, depending on how much sleep I got the night before, whether or not I've had coffee or if I've worked out in a few days or if the Broncos lost. I'm all over this thing, okay? But take a lesson from Peter. Regardless of where you find yourself, it is optional to stay there and optional to move in that direction. The first thing I can give you is what you already know. One simple sermon Six easy words that thick-skinned, soft hearts can't lose. You are the most important preacher in your life. Nobody talks to you more than you do, and it matters what you say to you, and that person's not always going to be there to send the encouraging text message to you every time you need it, and you're not always going to get that fire-up sermon every moment that you need it, but that's okay because part of maturing as a Christian is knowing if the world talked me out of this, well, that means I can talk myself or preach myself myself back into it. Now with one simple sermon and six simple words that thick skin, soft hearts can't lose. So the longhorns lose and you want to throw your remote through the drywall, but you press pause and preach to yourself, thick skin, soft hearts, Can't lose, it's been a long Monday and you're just trying to get home, but apparently everybody has forgotten how to merge like a decent human being and you really wanna roll down the window and tell somebody that they're number one, but you don't, how? Because you preach to yourself, thick skin, soft hearts, can't lose, they're gossiping about you and they're saying mean things about you when you're not in the room and if they only knew what you were going through, Or how hard you were trying. If they only had all the information, there's no way they'd say that. And that's crushing you to hear, and you want to fight back because two can play that game, but somehow in that moment, you press pause and you opt out instead of payback, I'm gonna opt for blessing because I realize I have, I have more of a chance and an opportunity than ever before to look like Jesus by turning the other cheek. How the heck do you do something like that? By preaching to yourself, thick skin, soft hearts, can't lose. Thick skin and soft hearts, can't lose. This is Jesus, man. This is freedom. This is where you can keep unconditionally loving the people in this world, regardless of what they say to you or about you, because you fix your eyes on the person who is that. And so I wanna finish here and paint this scene in all of our imaginations, because I believe it is the ultimate picture of what thick skin and soft hearts looks like. And it happens at the very end of Jesus's life, He's at the the tail end of his three-year ministry, and the most painful part is right in front of him. And he gets arrested and unfairly tried and beaten and flogged, and he gets stripped naked in front of his family and friends, and he gets laughed at, and they put a cross on his back, and they make him carry this cross up a hill so they can crucify him on top of that hill. And we pick it up in Luke Chapter 23, starting in verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. To crucify him. Don't miss that. Because this next sentence is crazy. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You can keep going. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he's the Christ of God, his chosen one, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. So, Jesus left heaven to save us, fully aware that this moment was coming. Don't make the mistake of thinking Rome captured him. He voluntarily walked straight into their handcuffs. And after they spent six hours, flogging and beating him, and after they ripped the beard out of his face, and after they they shoved a spear straight into his side, after they laugh at him and mock him and make him carry a cross up a hill, they throw him on top of a piece of wood and they ready themselves to nail him to that piece of wood. And in that moment, you guys, what does Jesus start doing? He starts praying for the people who are crucifying him. He starts crying out to his Father, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're only hurting me because they're hurt people. They're broken. They don't know the plan. Forgive them. And I read that and I go, man, what does Jesus have in this moment? But really, what does Jesus have in this moment? Skin that's thick enough to voluntarily walk into an undeserved crucifixion and a heart that is soft enough to pray for the very people who are crucifying him. Imagine laying on top of that piece of wood, bruised and bloody and broken, and you look over and you see a 21-year-old Roman soldier stretch out your arm and he's got a hammer in one hand and a, nail, a nine inch nail in the other hand, and you start praying for him. You start praying for him. Are you kidding me? I'm like, man, what, what kind of skin does this Jesus have? What kind of heart does this Jesus have? How big is this gospel? And what excuses are we left with? to be offended by anything the world does, or to ever stop unconditionally loving the people in it. There is only one force that has the power to change and transform the broken human heart, one force that changes this world, and it is not offense, it's not righteous anger, it's not even truth. And absolutely, our world needs truth, but follow me, it's love that sets the table for that truth to be served. Take the love away and truth falls powerlessly to the floor. I feel like I've just watched so much truth from Christians fall powerlessly to the floor, unaffected because there's no love to set the table. There's only one force and it's love. And so I'm not sure what Jesus was thinking as he laid there as he watched this young man take this nail and and pick up a hammer, but I can tell you he was unoffended and he was focused and empathetic. And he probably looked over and said, son, just do it. Take that nail and drive it straight through my wrist because that nail is going to serve to accomplish something that you would not believe even if I told you. And take that spear and stick it straight into my side because that spear is going to serve to accomplish something you would not believe even if I told you. And I have loved you since before you were born and this doesn't change that. I came here on a mission to save humanity and I'm going to finish what I started regardless of what kind of jabs or spears or nails you bring in my direction. Because with thick skin and soft hearts, spears do not touch you even when they go straight through your side. And with thick skin and soft hearts, you are invincible to nails even when they pierce your very wrists amen (laughs) thick skin and soft hearts and so i read that and i picture i picture that upper right quadrant and i think okay is our gospel big enough i love that question is our gospel big enough to not get offended by the world for acting like the world And is our gospel big enough to continue to unconditionally love the broken people in it without ever stopping? And I think, man, well, if Jesus is big enough to walk through that and go through that for millions, if not billions of people who will never care that he did, well, then, yes, it is. Amen? Because with thick skin and soft hearts, nails do not touch you even when they go straight through your wrists. With thick skin and soft hearts, church, you are free. All, any comments or DM, Or unfair punch or swing can do is touch your flesh but it cannot touch your spirit so yes you can consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds and yes God really can work out all things even the worst of things for the good of those who love him because he destroys that seed of pride your flesh the old man and leaves you more and more whole and complete like Jesus lacking absolutely nothing because thick skin and soft hearts can't lose. One more time, loud and proud. Thick skin and soft hearts can't lose. Will you guys stand up?